1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The volume.
1: The NFL season is
2: going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets.
3: And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. The game of the week is Cowboys at the 49ers, and America's team is a 3.5. Point underdog on DraftKings. I know Mike is excited for that game.
4: Very excited for that game. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Jenkins. That's J-E-N-K-I-N-S. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code Jenkins only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21 and over age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources Welcome to Jengis and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Saturday, October 7th, and we have got an awesome guest today. We're so excited uh, to talk about uh, what has become of the Portland Trailblazers, talk about the strike ending, all kinds of awesome stuff. It's the very hilarious Ian Carmel. Ian, thanks for hopping on with us, man. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Happy uh, ha- happy October 7th, everybody. It's my birthday in two days. Happy
5: early birthday, oh, man. Well, happy Thank early
4: you. birthday. Your your favorite NBA team got you 700 draft picks for your, <laughs> yeah. for your birthday.
5: <laughs> they did. And and two centers that nobody's sure uh, what their place is in the modern NBA. This is an exciting time to be a Blazing fan. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, you know, Ian, the big reason we reached out to you, you know, of course, you're fucking hilarious and you're the homie and all that. But you're a trailblazer, super fan, right? Like, yeah, we knew yes. like as soon as, you know, th- that Dame trade request dropped, we had a conversation like, bro, when it does happen, we got to get, Ian off. you know what I mean? So so, I mean, I'm just curious on your stance on the whole situation, like. You know how did you feel when he wanted out? You know how did you feel about the actual process where they were dragging their feet all summer? And and your ultimate feelings on you know now that Dame is a buck? I was I was just up in Portland
5: with some of my friends uh, ha- having dinner who were also Trailblazer fans, and we talked about to steal something from Succession, we've all pre-grieved, <laughs> we all completely pre-grieved the Dame thing, almost going back to like two years ago when he. It's It's been these different stages of, like, uh, of like blue balls, basically. When he <laughs> finally asked for a trade out, that was almost a relief because you're like, okay, good. Any intelligent Blazer fan could see that we weren't going to be able to, like, put a winning team around him. And then when the trade finally happened, that was also just, like, a massive relief. After this summer of this weird tension of Heat fans being in like your mentions all the time, calling you like a poverty franchise and like <laughs> ripping on you and racking oh, Jesus. For all this different stuff. <laughs> and also just being someone who like loves Damian Lillard and like wants him to be in a position where he's like happy and can succeed, which I think is like the opinion of 90% of Trailblazer okay. fans. It was, the trade was like a relief. It was a little weird. Finally seeing him in like Milwaukee bucks pictures on instagram that was that was jarring that's like when some girl you dated like post a picture of her husband and her baby and you're like, oh man, I- we could have had it all
3: I'm <laughs> happy for her, I <laughs> guess you know
5: what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're like well she yeah. looks good she she's taking college like she's definitely mixing college in movies but it's just it's 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 a, it's a relief. It's just like because we the the pantry is stocked. We have these amazing young players. We've got Scoot, we've got Sharp. I think a lot of people forgot that we have Simon still mm-hmm. and like it's 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 time to turn the page and be excited about this next thing and that just couldn't happen when
3: Dame was there still. How excited are you about the next thing? It's kind of like y'all weren't that good the last few years, but you had a superstar at no. least, right? Like So it makes it a little fun because yes. at least Dan could go for 70 or something weird, right? But, you know, that, how is it? How, how excited are you about watching it now? With You have great young stars, but you don't have that superstar.
5: I'm thrilled to have a direction, okay. like a declared direction as a team. Because uh, that was the thing about the last few years is, like, we clearly weren't mm-hmm. that good. We just did not have the talent around Damian Lillard. But he would. He, like, built a floor on every season. Mm-hmm. Where, like, to get Scoot, we had to get lucky in, like, the lottery. And we also had to sit Damian Lillard for, like, the last, you know, fifth of mm-hmm. the season. So he, so he couldn't accidentally win us five more games <laughs> and get us another, like, 12th pick that we spend on, like, a Myers Leonard or, like, a Zach Collins, you know, or whatever other <laughs> Frankenstein-booted, like, white center that we wanted to get <laughs> at that point in the lottery. And shout out to both of those dudes. But, like, that, what, we did have a type. You know what I mean? We were, like, sort of a Utah light. Uh, <laughs> so we like it's it's a relief to like have the team have a declared direction it's it's also nice to see like as much shit as he took during the process like joe cronin's got balls dude like he really doesn't seem to give a fuck what the media thinks about him or what other than like his sources in the media which obviously he has those uh and to an extent what, like, a lot of the people in Portland think about him because he was just, like, doing the thing where he's like, you know what, I'm not going to cave into the franchise's best player, maybe, period, and definitely since Clyde Drexler, which was, like, a long mm-hmm. time ago. And as a Blazer fan, with these assets, with these young players, and with that dude who, like, resisted the Miami Heat's offer over and over and over again and eventually got us, like, what, I, in my opinion, is a much bigger and better haul and maybe some stuff mm-hmm. still to come. With Brogdon and potentially the uh, Williams contracts getting moved. Uh, I feel good, man. I feel good. It's going to be, it's going to suck. I think the games that I'm watching, it's going to be like so frustrating to get beat by like the Jazz by 15 (laughs) in February. Like those games aren't going to be fun. But I mean, you get to watch, I I think Scoot's going to be pretty good right away. You get to see whatever Shaden Sharp turns into. There's going to be games when DeAndre Ayton goes for like 22 and 20 and six blocks. And then there's going to be games where he goes for all those stats but on 60 shots. And that's going to be frustrating <laughs> to watch.
2: So, Ian. But um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, uh, you mentioned how, you know, he heat- – fans are being dickheads to you in the mentions all summer during the, the trade fiasco and you big also, time dickheads yeah. and you also, are you, not just dickheads big time dickheads heat culture time. heat
5: culture right big time
3: dickheads
5: yeah
2: yeah and you like all and you also call of duty level dickheads <laughs> right. sorry, <go> ahead. <laughs> and you also mentioned how massively cronin played his hand here so how rewarding is it that now all that you know the dust has settled you know perhaps we're not in the final stage because they're probably still gonna move brogdon too but you see that the major moves that were made here are two moves for two teams in the Heat's path where they made the Bucks better and they made Boston better, you know, when, when they sent Drew there. So how rewarding was it, to, you know, just to see that?
5: Fucking amazing. I don't need any presents in two days because I've gotten all the satisfaction I need out of the year. It i want to not be petty i want to now especially after i saw that heat city edition jersey that says heat culture Yuck. on the front that just looks like something oh disgusting
4: <laughs> one of the I worst would, jerseys at like a times new roman ross. jersey we've never <laughs> seen it before can
5: you get that anywhere but ross no like are they selling Burl it no. anywhere Burl else or are they Coast shipping back. it right. directly <laughs> to ross you're right
3: tj Maxx ass jersey no yeah, way yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> It's, But it's nice that they've made a jersey that can be sent directly to the front lines of the conflict in Ukraine. You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to like spend any time here in the state. Uh, this 40 billion <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's, dude, it's like, it was so satisfying. I want to not be petty, but there were so many people in my mentions calling us an unserious poverty franchise. And like, I know, I Trailblazer, you can't fucking hurt us. We know who we are we know that we are like a a small like not even really a mid-market kind of like a small market caucasian city in the furthest reaches of the country like you have to travel more when you're on the blazers than when you're on any other team there's no sonics there's no you know grizzlies anymore in vancouver there's no like short road trips like people don't want to come here we we understand that like like, for the most part players don't want to come to portland We know who we are. So the amount of people who are just like fucking anytime you tweet about it or X about it or whatever are just like all in your mentions. Seeing this, seeing Riley, in my opinion, fumble the bag and completely misplay his hand to let like Struess go and let like those other guys go who are, I mean, not huge difference makers but like the kind of players that the Heat thrive Mm -hmm. on and watch the, yeah, like you said, the Bucks get stronger, the Celtics get stronger, wherever we send Brogdon, like, it's very satisfying. The other part of it is, it's Giannis is less likely to go anywhere now. I think probably, mm-hmm. so whoever the Heat were keeping their powder dry for, like Embiid doesn't seem to make a lot of sense next to Bam Adebayo. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but like now that would whoever, be funny though. <laughs> that would be very funny if that's yeah. where he ended up. <laughs> so I don't know. It was it it was great. It was it was a wonderful fuck around and find out moment. <laughs> <laughs> In I'm my, curious. I, in my opinion,
4: Ian. I'm curious for your thought. Like you, you mentioned the the uh, all of the Trailblazers fans I know said exactly what you said. Like I'm happy for Dame that he, you know, like like it worked out that it's it's nice that all the Heat assholes didn't get rewarded because I know they felt the same way you did about that. But they're like, but I'm happy for him that he gets to play with someone that he clearly likes and contend for a championship. I th- I, I think that's like given how crazy and, like, intense Trailblazers fans can be, I think that's, like, a real good on you guys that you have that, like, well, look, we want what's best for the team because I don't want to just finish in 12th place every year, but I don't hold any ill will towards you. you we feel like you gave it the best shot. Like, wh- how is that? H- how does that feel? Like, what is your relationship, like, to Dame for the rest of his career?
5: I mean, I think I think there's a little bit of altruism in it, and I think there's also a little bit of, like, re- like you were saying, recognizing the reality of the situation, which was we're not going to win a championship. We will never be good enough. Unless, unless you get one of those like once in a lifetime Jokic draft picks in the second round kind of thing. Like we're just never going to be good enough. So it's time for this relationship to like end amicably as well. And then the other part of it is like you, like he did show like vocally show a lot of love, to mm-hmm. Portland, like he, even after the trade, he's like, "This isn't good." <laughs> he, he went rom-com on us. He's like, "This isn't goodbye. This is see you later." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, after yeah, yeah. my career is over,
3: beautiful, <laughs> right. love, <Yeah>. it. <laughs> love it, love <laughs> it.
5: Full-blown, which on which on like our very Caucasian city of Portland was like he knew would work. <laughs> like like pulling out like the
2: notebook. Chip.
5: He's like, "You had you you had girls in like Stumptown crying into their laptops like <laughs> they were working on." widening Kennedy uh marketing briefs <laughs> um but like it, it it does feel like he loves that place I think uh and it, it does feel like he is gonna come back and like he really does does love Oregon and Oregon loves nothing more than somebody who loves hmm. it back like that's 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 one of the biggest things like we get off on there um so to have like this amazing NBA player do that when, like with Clyde Drexler, he couldn't have been like happier to get out of, you know, like Portland and go mm-hmm. back to Houston, which makes complete sense. You know, he went to college there, he had a great experience. He's never really come back. Bill Walton, I mean, going back all the way to the seventies, like his relationship, like he's better with Portland now, but his relationship with it ended badly because of his broken foot and the way the team tra- uh, treated right. him and everything. Even Brandon Roy's been a little bit cagey about like coming back to portland and everything rasheed wallace certainly is not in any hurry to like come back all of our all of our best players have just been like couldn't have been happier to get the fuck out of portland so i didn't think
4: about that aspect of it that's that is crazy that that would give you a deeper sort of like connection with a guy for sure
5: yeah like jerome kersey may he rest in peace like he loved oregon and he stuck around and like made his home there in duckworth and like Those guys, but uh, and then also, of course, you have like the guys like from Portland, um, like uh, Damon Stoudemire and everything. But like everybody else, couldn't be in a bigger hurry Mm -hmm. to get out of there. So like that relationship that Damian Lillard had with Portland and still has with Portland is like very special. I I thought even if he never won a championship, that's like if he didn't leave, that's a statue in front of the Mm Moda Center guy and. I'm still not convinced it doesn't mm-hmm. happen
3: like that's how much the city loves him do you think at any point you could have put the guys around him to win a championship like I don't I know like we talked about how he didn't have the support but I don't know if like how do you put get that support I think he almost had to leave in order to find that support you know um to, to get to get it on a championship you know quality team
5: I think if we I think it goes back to like 2016. Mm-hmm. I think it honestly goes back like that far. If that if that had been a year that like the cap didn't jump the way it did, because that was like when that was when on like Dame's schedule we would have had the cap mm-hmm. room to build around him in a meaningful way. But that was also the year the cap jumped and all of a sudden everybody had mm-hmm. all that money. You know, that's when like KD went to the Warriors, I believe. I think that's right. And uh and so we had all this cap money, but all the desirable free agents went to like other markets cause everybody had money. So then all of a sudden we were giving, and I, I like, these are great dudes. You know what I mean? And I was happy to have them on the blazers, but we're giving Evan Turner like a lot of money and we're giving Myers Leonard like a lot of money and Alan Crabb, like a lot of money. And then all of a sudden we tied up all of our cap room and surrounded Dame like with these guys, Al Farouk Aminu, who was actually like pretty good. I think underrated on the blazers, but like, we committed so much of our money to those players. And then all of a sudden we also stuck with CJ McCollum for like a very long time when it was, should have been pretty clear that those two dudes could play fun basketball together, but not winning basketball together. Um, even, even though like in the playoffs, I like, I mean, he was critical sometimes against like the nuggets in those series where we had that triple overtime game and everything. But you like, they just did not build around Mm -hmm. him. Right. and, We had gotten to the point where, like, that bone had to be broken again because it healed wrong, and that was, like, (laughs) you know, in 2023, and that was, like, the Dame trade. So I honestly don't think, you know, you hear, like, one of Dame's, like, I think big complaints was that they used uh, the sharp pick instead of trading it, and then also, of course, the scoot pick instead of trading it. But everyone who seems to know things about the NBA says that that, for the the trade for the scoot pick just like was not Mm. out there even if that had been like someone like OG Ananobi you know like who also wouldn't have gotten us much farther in Mm -hmm. the playoffs you know right that would have been maybe the second round now
3: um that 2016 year I think like didn't Harrison Barnes have like a horrible like like play like he he looked terrible in the finals and then got like a hundred and fucking 40 million or something like that like yeah. everybody was getting breaded up that year. Yeah, that was yes, yeah, that was rough. It was because
5: the, they they should have. That's that whole like, should they have smoothed the, smoothed the cap mm-hmm. rise, or should we just do the jump? And they did the jump, and then we just like timed it completely wrong. So like all of a sudden the Warriors had Kevin Durant. Right, running. right,
3: right, right. And, we, and right. It, like we were on the outside looking. Like, <laughs> they traded and got rid of Harrison and got KD. You know, oh, you know. yeah. <laughs> And Harrison
5: was like fine with it because, like you said, he like got, he got a lot of money. That he had yeah,
3: a crazy bag. He
5: could have bought
2: the Kings <laughs> right, in the eighties. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> so, what? Uh, oh, go, go now, ahead. Tyler. I was gonna say. So, Ian, now that you know the Dame era is over, you know, you mentioned he's, you know, perhaps the most beloved trailblazer there. Where, where, where does the Dame era rank on like your favorite? eras as a portland trailblazers fan because my favorite era was like the jailblazers era bro with
1: david,
2: <laughs> david and sheed and bonzi and and them and they were so fucking bonzi fun. so slept on go ahead yeah oh
5: i have a bonzi Wells jersey in my i have a little blazer i have a blazer shrine in my garage and that's out <laughs> there uh yeah that team was amazing and they were deep and if it weren't for that fucking shaq kobe i think it was mm-hmm. 2000 yes that, the fourth quarter when we went up
4: thirteen. I'm sorry, that- Ian. My favorite sports the moment. Oop. Yeah, that that is, oop, that's oop a, that's was a Yeah, yeah.
5: I punched. I remember. I, I have a visceral memory of sitting on this like green, vaguely shag carpet in my mother's living room, watching that game and punching the floor so hard when that alley oop happened that like th- that like the furniture shook like a little <laughs> bit and like my mom came in from the <laughs> Hulk smash. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We would have won if it weren't for that fourth quarter. I'm fairly confident the we wouldn't be so obsessed with 1977 because I think we would have won a championship <laughs> then. Right. Um. Rashid Wallace is. I mean, Damian Lillard has since become my favorite Blazer ever, but Rashid Wallace is a very, very close mm-hmm. second place. Um. Especially like if I was a teenager then, you know, I was a uh, I was like 15, like 14, 15, 16 in those years. Your rebellious years. See, the media was obsessed with fucking hating that Blazers mm-hmm. team. You know what I mean? A, a, because they were all a little bit racist, and B, because like some of those dudes were fucking up in ways where you're like, come on, man! Like we're so close to the championship.
2: Uh, Damon tried to it, tried to sneak weed through the airport in foil, <laughs> in
5: aluminum through foil. the airport. <laughs> <Damon's> <laughs> through the airport, those dudes—they were crazy. I mean, we also had Reuben Patterson on that team, who was like an actual like bad. <laughs> dude. You know what I mean? Like an actual criminal, <laughs> and like. Uh, yeah, they were they were self-destruct. Also, show <laughs> the picture of like who's is it Rasheed Wallace and Bonzi at the uh, Christmas tree? There's like some Christmas tree charity, and there's pictures of them. It's classic. You can like you can tell they showed up like three minutes after it started. They never make eye contact with anyone, and they leave as soon as <laughs> they're like contract mandated. Like uh, right. fifteen minutes is there. It's fa- it's it's fantastic, but also seeing just Rasheed scream at like refs and everything. <laughs> Um, but I mean, and I've said this before, but like, I think when you're a team or a fan of a team like the Trailblazers, where you have to think like realistically you, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I may never see a championship mm. in my lifetime like it might it might happen like I used to be sure I would just because of the way like that odds work out, but now I'm like thirty eight about to be thirty nine, you know what I mean like i, I I'm not gonna stop drinking. Or, uh, or 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 eating delicious food, just to extend that to see the Blazers win. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't live to see a Blazers championship. So you have to, like, when you're in that circumstance, you have to, like, learn how to love those moments of pure mm-hmm. euphoria yeah. that maybe aren't the championship. And Damian Lillard has given us several of those. And, like, the shot okay, over see. Paul Sheesh. George. yeah. The OKC one, and then also the shot over uh, Chandler Parsons in Houston. Two series ending mm-hmm. three pointers, like as time was running out. Uh, I got to be there for the Houston one, and I watched the uh, Oklahoma City one on TV. Like, those are two moments that I got, like, as a fan, where I'm just like,
4: I'll t- thank you. Mm-hmm. That's enough. That's enough mm-hmm. for me. I was I was going to ask you what your favorite day m- moment was looking back, and I would assume it would be one of those one of those two. For me, it was the Houston one because I had just gotten on there. TV for the first time. They put me on
5: the jumbotron during that game. I was bringing this girl who like I had a real will they won't they situation <laughs> with, and I was sitting like eight rows back behind the basket that he hit the three pointer on. Oh so my god! So it was like. It was one of those, like, everything's coming up, Ian It was <laughs> <Yeah>. fantastic. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was amazing. And just to, like, the... It was so loud in the concourse after the game. It was louder in the concourse after that game than I'd ever heard it inside any other arena in my entire life up to mm-hmm. that point. People were going fucking crazy. Also, then the Oklahoma City shop, the, like, it produced, like, four different memes. Just off one shot, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that was amazing. Unfortunately, waving bye bye ones that were used against me, not uh, not three years later. But wasted by your own (laughs) guitar. yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, But yeah, for me, it's the Houston shot, and then the OKC shot, and then his appearance on Portlandia. (laughs) You know, he was
3: on Portlandia. (laughs) What season was this? I I kind of fell uh, off after like season two, I I think. think.
5: yeah, I think it was after that. Lamarcus Aldridge was on okay. Portlandia, like Andy. They were grabbing. Anybody. I was on Portlandia. Our 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 mayor who got busted for like uh, pedophilia is the wrong word, but dating like a sixteen year old. Close enough. Uh, like yeah. everybody was on Portlandia.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you can't find the mayor episode anymore, though. They had to scrub it. Yeah, <laughs>
5: allegedly. Should I say allegedly? Allegedly. Allegedly. allegedly.
4: <laughs> allegedly mayor who resigned in disgrace that's not yeah. a legend yeah. no that he
5: resigned in disgrace <laughs> and then the other stuff is a legend, and now we're all protected
4: <laughs> yeah
5: no we're okay the volume you're good to go um Daniel allegedly snuck weed through the airport everything yeah this entire well, I, podcast is satire
4: <laughs> i do love the uh wrapping something that you like you know what the x-rays won't catch is tinfoil. Yeah,
5: we enjoyed having a point guard who tries to sneak things through airports so much that we went and got Sebastian Telfair.
3: Oh. Oh. It was uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn Bassie, a proud tradition. Still catching him, still catching <laughs> strays in <a> 2023. See, <laughs> <laughs> damn
2: bassy <laughs>
4: Uh, Ian, we you know we we mentioned obviously you're a very funny comedy writer comedian. I know uh, you guys. I'm an okay are, are, comedy writer and comedian. <laughs> no, I understand funny, where though. I fall on the. <laughs> 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 You're funny, yeah. You're funny as fuck, and you're and you're a real hoops fan. You're not just a casual like, oh, this is a funny thing. Like you're talking about being excited for the young core. That's he real a jersey, bro. You feel right me? Like, to the
5: detriment yeah. of my career, I don't think I can tour in Miami for like a generation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> I should have played it way safer. You know what I mean? God forbid yeah. we play like uh, any large markets in the playoffs. I'm going to com- continue com- tanking my career.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. good though. You know, but it shows that you really care. We respect that uh you, you you mentioned you had a nice everything coming up ian moment i feel like all the comedy writers i know about as happy as they could be with the new deal uh, to have the strike over it was obviously a long haul for you guys but yeah um how do you feel about that i mean having like you understand as a true psychopathic sports fan but i have to imagine the dame thing being resolved and the strike being resolved within a few days of each other is a a, a sexy feeling for you <laughs> oh it was a very very sexy feeling
5: as soon as <laughs> As soon as I saw someone smarter than me tweeting that the WGA deal was good, I started celebrating. When it came out, I was like, uh, all right, or, uh-oh, one of those two things. I don't, like, I'm I'm good at putting jokes in scripts, and that's about it. I, the, the fact that there are people who are good at writing and understand, like, intricate business dealings, like, blows my fucking mind. But, uh, yeah, man, I also kind of think... That the two are a little bit like the way that they turned out are kind of like connected because they were both just a little bit of like to the WGA and Joe Cronin with the with Damian Lillard were just a little bit of like I'm not I'm I'm waiting I'll wait you out you know what I mean It's a little bit of just like not going for the first deal yeah and and actually waiting for something that. Uh, that's, that's like, better for you. Like, so, like, both the WGA saying, like, no, we're going to keep striking all through the summer and into the fall. And then Cronin being like, no, we I think we can do better than Tyler Hero. And, you know, two picks they are going to be, like, at the uh, tail end of the first round. But, yeah, man, I mean, the strike, it, it, it turned out great. There was a little bit of, oh, shit, I have to go back to work now. Because <laughs> like, I was in a lucky <laughs> position where, like, the show, I, I was the head writer on The Late Late Show. And that ended, we just ended our run like three days before the strike started. So then I immediately went on strike. So I've like had this combination of being like on a permanent vacation. And then all of a sudden the strike was over and like my agent and my manager emailing me like, great, so what are we going to have that writing sample to send out to so-and-so and and can we set up meetings and yada, yada, yada. And it was like, oh shit, I thought I was just going to be able to be on like summer vacation forever. So it's a mixture of like, relief that we can work and then the terrifying realization that indeed you have to he had a joker <laughs> moment he had a yokish moment yeah. you feel me he had a jokish moment you can see me walking through netflix wearing like an unbranded t-shirt like. <laughs> Sloping so like a chubby bigfoot. <laughs> so, yeah. so,
2: so so you know, like like during the whole process, you know, you being a writer, you being a comedian, like like what was the pulse of things within your community? Like, were there times you're we like, hell yeah, we're gonna win this show? Were there times we were like, bro, these motherfuckers might just, you know, stall us out forever?
5: Anytime it felt like it felt like the uh morale was dipping a little bit, the AMTP, AMPT, whatever that whatever the producers would release another fucking stupid Fucking statement. I don't know if like if if like modern era Belichick was running their co- campaign or whatever. Like I, I could have thought of a funnier bad coach. Belichick's <laughs> only doing kind of bad. Who's like a terrible NFL coach right now? Insert in uh, who that yeah. is. Sean, oh, Payton. Sean, Sean Payton. Yeah, it's like Sean Payton. This is funny. This is uh this is this is always people are gonna think it's really funny that they get to see the gears turning. Every, uh, <laughs> 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 They would just fucking, they just shot themselves. I become instantly unfunny whenever I talk about, like, the guild and business dealings, uh, just as a warning. But they just kept shooting themselves in the fucking foot. Like, morale would start flagging, and then they would be like, we're going to starve them out of their houses. You know what I mean? We're going to, like, we want to break the writers. We're going to hold on until, like, you know, they're, like, sleeping in the gutter and eating out of the garbage. Right. It's like, we got into writing. We are comfortable sleeping in the gutter and eating out of the garbage. I was eating out of the garbage as recently as like six years ago. <laughs> you you can't scare me with that kind of shit. Yeah. And then they would put out these statements, and then all of a sudden we like if the, if there was any trace of um, you know, d- uh, just like a division among the ranks, like that went away immediately. Of and course. also like even the most successful writers remember very clearly what it was like being on the come up. At least that's been my experience in talking to people who like. They have their house in malibu and their other house in malibu like even like talking to those people they remember what it felt like to be going like paycheck to paycheck so uh i, I don't remember ever talk talking to anyone who who thought like that the producers were gonna win it was just like either we get our way or we crash this car into the side of a mountain together, you know,
4: that's how you win a strike. I mean that, yeah. you know, like, and, and and like you said, it, it was sort of a ama- We actually talked about that quote that you just referenced on the show where it was like, I, I think it's it, it, in this country at the current moment, it's always interesting to be in a labor movement because there's just like, like you see it right now on Twitter all the time, still with people talking about like fast food workers making more money. Everyone's super eager to stab each other in the back in this country over pay yeah. at all times. But it was like they just it was like you're the head of Disney and you're acting like a Disney villain. Like you're just like yeah. you have you not seen any of the movies that made your company famous where the person who says this stuff becomes universally reviled. Like it was it was just like shocking. Like you said the amount the of stupid shit that they shit. said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> yeah. Like you said y'all weren't scared. Like that made everybody else that wasn't a writer like okay I don't know if you cared or not prior but now we do like fuck this dude. How do we help in yeah, some way? You know totally. what I mean? Like
5: They were also it's a, they're also like I mean there were there were some people you would see like online who were like mad at the writers or whatever because they think that they they look at the people making the absolute most money and they think that's representative of like everyone in the writers guild. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like I was the, you know, for the last for example, just like five years of my job, I was like the head writer on a late night show. That's one of the best jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, in, it's one of the better jobs in mm-hmm. the industry, and it's the best job for a writer in late night. And I made good money, but like like my house, is it's like 1,100 square feet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was only <laughs> able to buy right. it at, at like year nine of like my job you like i have a mortgage still i didn't pay it off i drive a 2012 prius with no bumper you know what i mean right. like that's <laughs> that's more representative of what like right. tv writers even tv writers in like hi, in in the higher positions that's like a little bit more representative of our lives the people who created friends those are the like one in a million mm-hmm. like right. people, that's like saying like oh these mcdonald's workers make too much money cuz look at the ceo i mm-hmm. you know what i mean he's insane again. like like they hit the lottery, you know? And it's like, so, so there were, I think there were people being like disingenuous about it like that, but it did feel like people were like mostly behind us and, and, and how it should be with pretty much every, mm-hmm. every labor movement. You know? I agree. Nurs- yeah. Like In the time we were on strike, like nurses back home in Portland went on strike. The United auto workers went on strike, the screen actors, the director settled awful quick, but good for them. Uh, and that, you know, like, I think we're learning. Unfortunately, that this is the yeah. only language that those people speak. <laughs>
2: That's
5: and a it fact. It would have been yep. so easy at any point for them to be like, okay, actually, obviously the business model has changed. Let's deal you in on streaming. Let's let's take the residual model, which is the only way that any of us can actually afford to make a living, you know, in between jobs. Like, let's take that and update it for 2023 when fewer people are watching broadcast and more people are watching right. streaming. They could have at any moment dealt us into that conversation, but they said no. We would rather make as much money as we can until you know until the contract is up, yeah. including we were going to go on strike. It seemed like in twenty twenty, right before the pan, like I think it was like June of twenty twenty is when the contract was up, but we did an emergency extension because mm-hmm. of COVID. Yeah. Um, but no, we learned that the only language they speak is
4: withholding labor, and that seems right. to be true for almost every. Yes, I mean, I, th- I think that all of the the Kaiser Permanente healthcare workers just went on strike like an hour before we started recording this because yeah. of that, because of that same philosophy. But yeah, like you mentioned the residual model, and I, I am a little bit of a uh, dork about the business side of of, uh, of entertainment and stuff. But it's like that's the most uh, intelligent economic system that has been created. Like, yeah. if you create something that's successful and makes the people who own it more money, then you also get more money. It's incentive for all the creative people to do their best work and for all of the people who are selling this stuff to sell it as successfully as possible. Everybody wins. Like everyone is making profit off of something. And they were like, Nope. Like yeah. streaming is the whole industry now, but Nope. If you, if you make a show that gets 50 million new people to sign up for Netflix, fuck you. Like I hope yeah. you're poor next year. <laughs> <laughs>
5: It was it was so it was so short sighted, and also it hurts the consumer because like uh, the the way that model worked, like Netflix, you know why your best show your your favorite shows only get one, two, and like at most three seasons? It's because Netflix has figured out that after three seasons, they will retain viewers, but they won't attract any new ones. Right. So if you like love the show, it goes three seasons on Netflix. It's, people seem to love it. People talk about it, and then they just drop the axe on it. You know it's. It's because they figured out that, like, oh, we can screw the writers. Also, they build these contracts when they attract creators where it's, like, for the first season, you make just, let's say, 300 grand. Second season, it goes up to 350. And then if it goes to third season, and, and like, hopefully it will, that's when you make, you know, $2 million a year. And then they'll always get the... 'Cause they know let's it goes one, two, at most three seasons, and then they yeah. can drop the axe before they have to start paying people a lot of money. And yeah. that hurts consumers, you know? Like you want to show like you want your favorite show, you want the office, you want shows mm-hmm. to go nine years or whatever. You want Seinfeld, you know you want to be able to watch like season eight of a show sometimes. Sometimes right. that's well, comforting. And it doesn't I happen d- anymore.
4: So I'm a I, I'm a, a, a journalist in Long Beach, Ian, and worked yeah. for a newspaper that went through one of these like fun private equity things that got laid off. And yeah, like it, but it's exactly what you said. Like it breaks the traditional business relationship that is the pillar of any sort of economy. Of successful thing equals more profit or success for people. Like I know when we got laid off, I heard from so many people who are like, ah, oh, but newspapers aren't profitable. And I was just, I I felt like I was sort of screaming into the void. I was like, the newspaper is quite profitable. The problem is it's owned by a hedge fund that wants 15% increase in profits every Mm -hmm. single year. And that is not possible in almost any industry. It's not possible for entertainment. But like you said, if, if you're a TV network in 1980 and you have a successful show... Great. How long can we keep it running for? Can we get you to 30 episodes instead of 22? Because that's how you're making money. You're not making money off of valuation. You're making it off of sales of ads, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so like, so, but that whole model is so fucked at this point in like every industry, it feels like, including healthcare, like we just mentioned, or cars that it, it is a little bit of a like, how do you put that? How do you put Humpty back together <laughs> again yeah. without blowing something up? You know, it it, it seems very difficult to uh, to figure that part out. It seems like
5: in, every, in I can't speak to every industry, but at least in show business, and I think this is probably true across the board, in the past you had people who loved money, but they also loved making movies, and they also loved making TV mm-hmm. shows, and they were very worried about profits and the bottom line, but they were also like, we also actually eventually want to make some TV shows and movies and put those out so people can see them. And as finance
4: has gotten involved in like every industry newspapers movies sports. People it's a, sports it's a big story and, in sports i mean that, that that's right. the 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 same quant uh analysis is being used in the situation you're about to describe as with forcing players to rest right i right. Mean, it's the exact same thing yeah
5: all, right all they care about is growth all they care about is potential and then they don't and then they stop caring about the actual industry that they got involved in and it suffers because of it because of course it will you know like when growth is all you care about then like i mean like industries are turning into like the the tallest man on earth when it's like it kept growing it kept growing it kept growing and that becomes (laughs) unsustainable so he dies he dies in his thirties don't support weight yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
4: He's got to wear weird shoes yeah I got to figure out what the weird shoes are in the
3: It's a BuzzFeed.
4: You
1: turn art great. and math,
3: it becomes math. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes.
4: Well, absolutely. Well said. well said. All right, Ian. Well, thank you so much for hopping on with question, us. I uh, one question. Oh, go yeah. ahead, John. Sorry. Your, your
3: books are color-coded. Is that art direction or is that OCD? my wife's my go
5: wife's
4: ahead, ahead. my wife's books are okay. color coded <laughs> i was gonna say that's, that sentence is starting <laughs> okay, with my okay. wife and i don't say that as someone who's like a women blah 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 but that is i've never known a man to do that and i have known many women who've done that
5: <laughs> i i think they're beautiful and my wife is so smart she's a she's an author herself okay. but she like i will ask her i'll be like hey i've been meaning to read xyz but i can't find it in the shelves because they're all color coded but she knows the book so well that she's like Oh, you want to read like IQ eight four by like Murakami? That's like a that's like a beige title, so it'll yeah. be like in the lower. Like she's like a le- like, a Dewey <laughs> Decimal System in her head. <laughs> so she's got it. There's like that's, and then the, over there is all books about yeah. writing and everything. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, a,
2: from Shakespeare's Blue Period.
5: Uh, uh, <laughs> <yes>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and those books in the back are color coded in the rainbow. It's some Roy G. Bibb going on over there, bro. Did Josh have?
5: Yeah. Oh. There we go! Oh,
2: hey, the zombie, zombie apocalypse is well. here, my nigga. And we
5: made it. We made it.
4: Tap in. Tap in. Tap in. You hear me? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: Oh no, we lost uh, Ian. Ian's off in search of uh, brains.
3: They, it got him. The five G got him. You hear me? Nah, but uh, my wife's my wife's uh, apps on her phone are color coded. That's why I asked. But yeah, I think that's more OCD for her. Yeah.
4: My our friend uh, Elise Bryant, who's a uh, she's put this on her Instagram. I think I'm allowed to talk about this, even though it's in her house. Um, she she is also an author and also has her books color coded. But she's got uh, so many books, and every time I go over there, I always would just have to throw out a random thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah okay, uh, you know, uh, this Cormac McCarthy book, and she was just pointing, uh, you know, and it's like, I don't know how you can do that because that is way beyond my intellectual capacity. What, <laughs> what is taking up that space in our heads? Or do we just
5: not have that much mental capacity? Scoot. It, is, it is scoot, right? It's it is scoot. like just yeah. knowing...
4: Yeah. It's the it's it's the tinfoil weed story at the airport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> it's it's thinking about how if Rudy Fernand if if Rudy Fernandez played in this version of the NBA, he would be a borderline All Star player. That's like what it is. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, Rudy yeah. Fernandez had been a Laker, there would be several murals of him all over my neighborhood. <laughs>
4: All right, Ian, thanks so much for hopping on with us. You can check out Ian's podcast, All Fantasy, Everything. And he's got a book coming out in June that you can pre-order now called T-shirt swim club. I will be pre-ordering that as I Big was a box. member of the T-shirt swim club.
5: Yeah, it's a book. It's a book about it's a book about being a fat dude, growing up fat, uh being fat as an adult, all that stuff. But it's not like it's it's funny. It's but funny. it's by
4: a comedian. It's a book by a comedian about that. <laughs> it's not, a book yeah.
5: by a co- yeah, exactly right. It's a book <laughs> yeah. by a comedian about that, and uh, then my little sister, who's a clinical psychologist, responds to every chapter. Oh, so fire! Like, a little bit of like oh, that, that is cool.
2: awesome. That's a premise. Hell
5: yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, here's what you were going through at mm. that time, and here's what to do about it. Kind of yes.
4: Thing. Well, go yeah. uh, go pre-order T-shirt swim club. Ian, thanks again for hopping on, and uh, and and best of luck with the Trailblazers. We're uh, thank we're, you. The, we're rooting the, for your happiness.
5: The yes, cover will be turkey if there's anyone out there wondering where it's going <laughs> to slot into their bookcases <laughs> appreciate you my boy appreciate you Rip City
0: it's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff died back in the ring wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season hey Jeff